I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It's been so long since we recorded a podcast. I know. It feels like we've abandoned everything. Yeah, it's been like a month. Yeah, and I have to keep reminding myself that we have not. We've just been very busy and away from each other, too. We were in different states for a bit. Yeah, we were traveling for Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. got back, couldn't leave bed for a little bit, Mm -hmm. at least personally. Just a little recovery depression. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, We have like exactly a week to do four exams. Yeah, we're in the thick of it. Sure um, are. But let's, you know, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Do some fun stuff. <laughs> um, welcome. This is the podcast Rejects. I'm Spencer, of course, and sitting with Alaska as Hello. always. Um, and this week we are doing a cold reading, slightly dramatic, uh, <laughs> of Ted the Caver, which is a Reddit. Uh, story, right? No. no. So I'm going to give you some history. Okay. Ted the Caver is like an original creepy pasta no sleep story. Okay. So if you don't know what those are, they are like internet scary stories that people write when you are on those subreddits or those websites. Everything is operated under the like umbrella of everything is true. Yes. So you're interacting. You can interact with these internet stories, but you can't be like... Good, good writing. Like yeah. it ha- you have to like interact with it in a way. Like mm-hmm. that's what's fun is you pretend that it's a true story. Yes. Um, Ted the Caver is a very old one. Yeah, um, very it old. It is still on angelfire.com. Oh my God. Which is a website, you know, that you can make your own little blogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is actually older than you are. Like it is. That, that website. Mm-hmm. Um, the story was written... Or at least, I guess, last updated May 19th, 2001. Holy shit. So this is pre-9-11. Yeah, I wasn't even three years old yet. Still two. (laughs) So it's a very old story. Um, It's my favorite, and I think it's, like, it's the goat. It's the best of the best. So, Mm -hmm. um, and obviously it's about spelunking, because it's called Ted the Caver. So we're going to try and read it and react to it. Um, I have read this, but it's been seven years maybe since I read it so I really only remember like a couple things so yeah I'm like aware of the story Mm -hmm. like yeah that's it so it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah and Um, we'll have images this story comes with images mm -hmm. and they will be on our Instagram so you can follow along as you're listening yeah so we'll include um sort of a link to this website um, so you can follow along on the whole story if you want to, um, but he he does include images, and so we will just have those on our Instagram with numbers relating to which one we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, they're mostly pictures of inside of caves. Spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler alert. It do be a cave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we get into it? Let's just dive right in. March 23rd, 2001. This is our first entry. Wow. Due to the overwhelming number of requests I have received to tell about my discoveries and bizarre experiences in a cave not far from my home, I have created this webpage. 
I will outline the events that happened to me during the past few months, beginning with my journey into a familiar cave in December 2000, and ending, well, it hasn't actually ended yet. I will use my caving journal as the text to tell about my recent experience. I will give them to you as I experienced them in chronological order. I have included photographs that were taken during my many trips to the cave. I have also created a few illustrations to help the reader get a better idea of what things looked like in the cave. All of the photos were taken by me or one of the few people I went into the cave with. I want to point out a few things before I tell you about the events. One, most of the pictures were taken with a Kodak disposable type camera. Boo, product (laughs) dropping. (laughs) I took a better camera into the cave on one or two of the trips. I guess it's not really product dropping because he's... He's saying that Kodak sucks. Okay. Um, Pictures on this site are all original photos and have not been messed with or enhanced other than were noted. As a rule, I get my pictures put onto discs at the time of developing, so I don't have to scan them later. This ensures the best digital quality. Wild. Uh, So fascinating, sir. Um, (laughs) Two, I will not reveal the names of the other people involved in this experience. If you know me well enough, you probably know them already. Three, I will not reveal the location of the cave to anyone for any reason so okay, please well, don't ask i feel like now i can't accept this as a true story because real cavers aren't like this <laughs> you know they're like everyone go into caves no that's not true because ca- cavers are like this one is just for me mm. like, they don't want people to like also go a place that almost no one has been because oh, that's true. like their whole thing is like right they want to penetrating those, virgins yeah and stuff. those virgin caves i forgot um, so please don't ask. I refuse to be held accountable for anyone's life but my own. I love that phrasing. I refuse <laughs> to be held accountable. I will refer to the cave as Mystery Cave. That is not its real name. Okay. That was clear. We gathered. Yeah. <laughs> if you think these events sound far-fetched, I agree. I will come to this I would come to the same conclusion had I not experienced them. I will try to finish the site as soon as possible. Check the date on the main page to see when I've made updates. To protect myself from people who might want to copy this site, I include the following. All text on this and following pages are my own words and copyright 2001. Ted, you don't have to say that. You do not have to say that. You automatically have copyright protection. Yes. For your silly little internet story. Okay, Ted. (laughs) Ted, why don't you look it up instead of being like, I do not give Facebook the permission to use my photos. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ted. I know it's 2001. Internet was a different place, I'm sure. It was, yeah. So, on this next entry, entry two, he has sort of um, two different stories going on. Stuff taken directly from his caving journal, which you're going to read. Yes. Spencer's going to read it. And stuff that is him clarifying on the journal, which I'm going to read. Right. His, like, comments and things Mm -hmm. afterwards. Okay. So, let's start with this first entry. Caving Journal, December 30th, 2000. B and I decided to get in one more caving trip before the new year, so we set our sights on Mystery Cave. Not a spectacular cave, but since neither of us had been caving in a while, it would be nice to go to any cave. <laughs> like, roasted. Yeah. Not really spectacular, <laughs> but... Not a big fan of this cave, but I guess it'll do. <laughs> there was a bit of excitement to this trip. There was a small passage in the lower portion of the cave that I wanted to check out to see if it was possible to get past. It had a small opening, but lots of air blowing out of it. Even though it is way too small to climb through, 
I had never even checked to see what was inside the passage. We got our gear loaded up and hit the road by 3 p.m. They're always going late in the day. I know. That really stresses me out. Like, I just why do feel you guys like this do that? is an early morning activity. Yeah. Anyways. We got to the cave in great time, since B likes to drive fast. Edward. <laughs> we anchored from the usual tree and began to rappel into the cave. I went down first and I got my gear together while B came down. I will refer to B many times. Okay. <laughs> We've been caving together for many months now. He was injured in a caving accident a few years ago and was told he would never walk again. Jesus Christ, that is an intense accident. Oh my goodness. Um, through hard work and perseverance, he not only walks, but can get around very well in caves. Not a good idea. Just stop going in there. Don't go in caves. The trickier parts of a cave might slow him down a bit, but he can make it. He patiently works through an obstacle until he gets past it. You could just not. You could just do anything else. Are y'all going to kiss each other? <laughs> As for the reference to the small opening in the cave, there is a saying among cavers. If it blows, it goes. Oh my God, I hate that so much. <laughs> They're like, I wasn't expecting like cavers to be so like sexual. I know. I mean, like, they're a, very, about like, caving specifically. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you can be sexual, fine. But, yeah. like, it's very, like, almost sexually frustrated. Yes. Yeah. Meaning, if a passage has a good flow of air, it is probably worth investigating. After we explored all of the usual passages, we climbed down to check out the hole. The hole is located deep in the cave, near the lowest part of the cave. Okay. <laughs> cave twice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry, I don't mean to make this like a grammar thing. It's I know, just... but still, that's a little rusty. Yeah. It is on the side of the cave wall, about three feet from the floor. To look inside the hole, I had to kneel down to duck under an overhang of rock. So he posted um, his first picture. This is picture number one on our Instagram. It says, click the photo to see the original opening. I put my glove in the hole for size reference, which the first time I looked at this picture, I was like... How is he on the other side? Like, I didn't understand right. that that is not his hand. Yeah. But, like, why is his glove so stiff in the shape of his hand? It mm -hmm. looks... Like he had a mannequin hand that he yeah. put in the glove and then put the glove backwards into the hole. Yes. Okay, so I just want to say that if you come across a, a hole in a cave that is the size of your wrist... Yeah. And it doesn't matter if air is coming through it. Yeah. You were not getting in that hole. Yeah. You cannot transform into a guinea pig. <laughs> this isn't Spy Kids. I'm like, this is not oh, Sky wait, no, High. That's not, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't do it. You got to stay on the other side. Jesus. Also, that's such a weird way of, I mean, I guess it still gives you a size reference, but I feel like, I feel like when I'm thinking of like a, like reference in size, like with a hand, I would put like the hand next to the hole. Be like, look, there's the hole. So you can see the hole. And mm -hmm. then just like, here's my hand next Not to Not like I reference. put something in it. Yeah. And then I'm like, I can't see the hole. It's just a glove on the wall. Yeah. Which like, okay, fine, I guess. But. It's just as a weird choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just put your hand up. Like, it's fine. This is just going to be a roast of Ted. Sorry, Ted. <laughs> and his writing abilities and his caving abilities. <laughs> I used my backup mini mag light and held it inside of the hole to see what I could see. I was excited by what I saw. Okay. See what I could see. I was excited by what I saw. Dead. Is this a kid's book? Maybe. I feel like the guy who wrote this is going to listen to this and then come and kill us. Maybe. Or he's going to be like, I copyrighted this in 2001. 
Okay, well, we're doing commentary, <laughs> all right? So as law students, we can tell you that's an acceptable form of free use. Fair use, right? Fair use, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that I was good. No, uh, I almost failed. Okay. <laughs> like I said, four exams in the next week, and one of which I have not read for the class once. And uh, we're doing this instead. Love it. <laughs> You're welcome You're for welcome. the content. <laughs> The wall around the hole was about three to five inches thick. It led into a tight passage. The passage opened up a bit just inside the hole. It continued back about 10 to 12 feet in the small crawl space. After that, it seemed to really open up, although how much we couldn't tell. Okay. This could be a virgin passage. I swear to God, I just said that, but I said it as a joke. I can't believe they called it a virgin passage. I'm like, obviously it is, because no human is the size of this, like, glove-sized hole. So nobody has gone through it. (sighs) Obviously no one has passed through this route, but there could be a way into the passage from the other side. I guess. I'm, Is it even a passage if it's that small? Yeah, it's just a hole in the wall. <laughs> like, not everything is a passage. Sometimes it can just be a hole. I don't know why I started to imagine, like, those frat boys who get angry and, like, punch a hole through, like, some sheetrock, and then someone else coming in later and being like, cool passage. You're like, there's a passage. Whoa, you guys got a secret passage in your apartment. He's like, let me get through it. <laughs> be like, what? Sir. Get out of my wall. <laughs> maybe there's a way in from the other side. You mean the next apartment? Like, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. You tell me. <laughs> to even get to the crawl space, we would have to enlarge the opening, clearly. Currently, it is about the size of my fist. We knew that. Yeah, it showed us a picture. <laughs> Once we get past the opening, we would have a tight crawl back to where it opened up. It would take some work, but we thought we could do it. We sat down for a few minutes to rest and contemplate our plan of attack. I, again, what are we attacking? It's a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe just go home. Yeah. <laughs> Get a video game. It's 2001. You can play RE1. Yeah, there you go. do something else. Mm-hmm. While we sat there in the darkness, we could hear the wind howling from the other side of the passage. It was a low, eerie noise. We could also hear a low rumble from time to time. No big deal, though. The cave is in the vicinity of a highway that has heavy trucks drive on it. We figured the rumble was the effect of the trucks resonating through the rocks. Okay. We determined that our best plan would be to haul a cordless drill into the cave to drill into the rock. Then we could take a bullpen and a small sledgehammer and break up the rock. It seemed pretty straightforward. We would widen the hole big enough to squeeze in and see what was on the other side. The efforts to haul all of the equipment down to the hole would be a pain, but we hoped it would be worth it. I feel like it's not going to be. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I named the passage Floyd's Tomb after Floyd Collins. Who is that? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to look it up. For a second, I just thought I was second guessing if I knew the first name of Phil Collins, like the guy from Genesis. And I was like, maybe his name is Floyd and I've just got it wrong this whole time. But no, I don't know who that is. I feel like maybe we even said his name. He is a very famous American caver. Oh. He explored the like mammoth cave national park the largest longest cave system in the world okay good to know floyd all right floyd so this is floyd's tomb which is so ominous i'm it like is. you could have just named it like floyd's passage there's also a musical called floyd collins hmm about the caver the story is based on the death of floyd collins 
near Cave City, Kentucky in the winter of 1925. There is a musical about Floyd Collins' death? It's off-Broadway. Oh, yeah, of course it's off-Broadway. Who's going to put that on Broadway? 25 performances. That's a lot of performances. Yeah, there's a, a couple fire departments really close to us, so obviously when there's emergencies... We'll, we'll get some fire truck sounds from time to time. But they wrote a musical about it, which oh. I... Wait, does it say when he died? 1925. Okay. So that makes more sense that he called it Floyd's Tomb. I thought, like, he was still alive at this point. That's yeah, that I'm would be like... <laughs> be like, damn, he really wants Floyd dead. He's like, I'm going to kill Floyd, and I'm going to put him in this cave. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Floyd's wee woo, wee been woo. dead, dead, dead ski for a while. So. Got it. Okay, okay. Still weird, but fine. Okay. Yeah. It seemed to look like the tight spot where Floyd spent his last miserable days on Earth. Okay. Okay, so we should have read that line first. Yeah, should have read the last sentence. Good to know. Um. (laughs) Really jumping ahead on our commentary. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the second picture he has now included. Uh, Picture number two on our Instagram. It says, click to see a rough drawing of how the passage originally looked. Um, rough is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I love that there's a stick figure. Is that to scale? I want to know. It seems like it is because it looks like the tiny hole is about, you know, like a couple feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. And under a low overhang. Yeah. Original entrance, the wide area in quotations, mm. the squeeze, unknown area, our lights only illuminated about 20 feet back. All right. Okay. I also love the, like, effect he used to put the, like, dirt around the thing. Like, it's, it's clearly, like, a... What is that program from the early 2000s, like, late 90s, that art the program? The, like, Word Art or whatever? Or yeah. Or, like, the Microsoft Art? The yeah. Microsoft Paint? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, God. Floyd Collins was a caver back in the early 1900s. So, again, should have kept reading, mm. though we got sidetracked. He got stuck in a tight crawl space and was unable to free himself. It's an amazing story. Kind of a weird... Again, it feels like he wanted to kill Floyd, like He was like, it's amazing. I love that Floyd is dead. (laughs) Um, It is an amazing story that is detailed in a book called Trapped, the story of Floyd Collins. I think that was the title. I don't recall the author. Oh my God, Ted, look it up. Calling our passage Floyd's tomb was not only a tribute to Floyd, but a commentary... Of the size of the passage. Again, it just seems like he's just wailing on Floyd. Uh, yeah. He just does like not really... like him. And then he says, ha ha. He wrote that. Oh my God, he literally did. In retrospect, it is funny how simple I thought it was going to be. I figured a few hours of work and we would be in. Had I known how long it was going to take, I doubt I would have begun the project. Honestly, me with my ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> Had I known what I was going to experience in the cave, I never would have returned. We gathered up our gear and headed for the surface. Normally, I couldn't care less if I ever came back into this cave. There is nothing special about it. But now I was psyched about getting back and getting through. We hadn't even left the cave and we were planning our return trip. It's kind of like when you eat dinner and mm, then you're planning your next meal. Hell yeah. But a uh, boring version. Yep. Because it's a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. The rest of the journal entry talked about the climb out of the cave, our dinner, and our trip back home, where okay. B kissed me on the mouth. <laughs> I'm glad he cut it all out, because I know it was going to be boring as shit. <laughs> He's like, let's wrap this up. So this is the next journal entry from January 27th through the 28th of 2001. 
B and I were both excited to get back into the cave and get to work. I figured with about four hours of work, we could be in and see what was on the other side. We had arranged to borrow a DeWalt cordless drill to bring with us. Oh, actually, I think we have one of those. They're really nice. <gasps> we're Ted. <laughs> the lesson here is we're all Ted. <laughs> I feel like we're all kind of Ted. <laughs> I think we're all Ted. Stop. Okay. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> the same joke back and forth six times. We also had masonry bits to drill with, sledgehammers, parentheses two. <laughs> just say just two, two sledgehammers. sledgehammers. Yeah. Okay. To break up the rock, bullpins to insert into the drill holes, and a few other tools that we end up not using. Just thank like, God he didn't go into descriptions of a them. Game Boy maybe for like when he's bored. Like a cool hat. Didn't really get a chance to use it. He's got it. one of those like propeller hats. And he's he was like, like mm. well, the moment wasn't right. I didn't know how long I was going to be down there. So I did bring six pairs of underwear. <laughs> Eight pairs of socks. <laughs> Some tools we didn't end up using. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> also, because we were watching Ted Lasso recently, I'm whenever I, you know, see the name Ted or like think about Ted, I picture him and then also because his friend is just B I'm thinking of Beard like Coach Beard oh my god so these are the faces that I'm imagining with these two people did Jason Sudeikis steal these names be honest Jason hang on (laughs) Jason okay sorry he's like completely unrelated and makes no sense I stole it from Ted the Caper copyright 2001 (laughs) he read this and was like hmm two friends doing something that they're like barely competent at but make it sports (laughs) (laughs) Boom, flip it. Love it. <laughs> Somebody tell this Ted because, you know, he's got that copyright. He's going to wave he's it like, in Jason's I face. Copyrighted it. <laughs> sorry, Ted. Really sorry about that. You know, he was right then, I guess, to mention it. <laughs> sorry. So stupid. Just, I just, all I have to do is read. Getting the tools down to the work site proved to be a challenge. One of us would climb down the rope and stop at a ledge or a good resting place. Then the other person would lower the tools. We kept repeating this routine until we got to the bottom of the cave. Then we had to drag the tools to the hole. It took about an hour to finally get to work. Okay, I have a suggestion for Ted. Mm -hmm. Get a bucket. Yeah. Put all of the things in there. Tie a rope to the bucket. And then just drop that bucket down there. Just drop it on down there. Or you can even slowly lower it. Very tedious. Yes. Like, get, put them in a bag, perhaps? A grocery bag? They make construction maybe. bags for tools. Yeah. That would could work even just be, fine. like, a fun, like, decorative bag. Mm-hmm. You could go wild on the carabiners. Yeah. Attach it to a rope. But this is, you know, silly. He's just got no sense of style. I know. Where's the flair, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make this a performance. If you know <laughs> that you're blogging this shit, you know, put a little effort into it. <laughs> Spruce yourself up. After an hour of exhausting work, we could tell we were not going to get through in one session. We kept trading off after we worked ourselves into a sweat. One would take a break and get some food and water while the other one went to work. The routine went like this. To begin work, we had to get down on our knees. Nice. (laughs) Gay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We're not homophobic. (laughs) We're gay. We can't be homophobic. (laughs) I'm not reclaiming it. I'm using it as a slur. (laughs) And do our best to avoid smacking our heads onto the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Working in this awkward position, we would drill into the wall around the hole. That was difficult work. We really had to push on the drill, and it was still slow progress. Then we inserted the bullpen into the hole, 
and hammered on it until the rock broke up. Oh, they broke up. (laughs) (laughs) They were my OTP. They broke up. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking idiots. Are we delirious? I think so. I am. I'm going into a state of psychosis. Yeah. Then we would repeat the process. To give you an idea of how slow it went, the typical size rock that would break off was about a fingernail size. Jesus. So a full fingernail? Or like when you clip your fingernails? I'm assuming a a whole fingernail. Okay. Yeah. Which is still not much bigger. No, not. I just, you know. Yeah. If we broke off a large piece, about one third the size of my palm, it was a cause for celebration. (gasps) They're going to (laughs) kiss. No kiss. From time to time, for variety, we would just wail on the cold chisel with a five-pound sledge. It was slow progress. Just going down on that thing. (laughs) Just for some variety. They were like, we were having a good time. We were just wailing on that thing. The problem with the sledge was that we couldn't take a good swing because of the tight quarters. Makes sense. Yeah. Even though we spent many hours and several trips working on the hole, we never did find a better technique for winding the hole. Maybe just to go home. The drill bullpen hammer got the best results for our efforts. We came up with some crazy ideas for breaking up the rock. Everything from TNT, in parentheses, never seriously considered. Why not? I know, honestly. To hauling a generator to the mouth of the cave and running an extension cord down to a jackhammer. Again, okay. Seems helpful. I don't see why not. Um, We even thought about using liquid nitrogen to freeze the rock and make it more brittle. He ended that with an exclamation point. Whoa. Um, Also, you know, not a terrible idea, all things considered. I'm like, they use TNT all the time in caves. Yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to collapse? I'm like, then then you you don't get to go in. You don't get to go in. And you're back where you started. It's fine. The universe is just telling you whether or not you get to go. Like, it's not like you're trying to get someone out. Like, it's just a wall. Right. Blow that baby up. I also don't understand why they wouldn't just, like, carve away at some of the overhang. Give yourself some space. Honestly. To, like, work. Truly. Anyways. After a couple hours of hard work, we realized what our limiting factor was going to be. It was about then that our first battery met an abrupt death. We had a second battery, so we swapped them out. Thrilling. Great. Fascinating. (laughs) I was on the edge of my seat. The second battery lasted a little longer because we hammered and chiseled a little more often and a little longer each time. Finally, after about three more hours of drudgery, the second battery died and we called it a night. Whew! We could tell that we had done some work in that cave, but it was not much. For the first time since we got in the cave, we sat back. Both of us took a break. It was nice to check out the results of our hard work. Then we noticed the howling again. It seemed to be a little louder than the last time we were there. We figured the wind was just blowing a little stronger outside. What we could not figure out was the rumbling. It, too, seemed to be louder and more frequent. This time, we could not attribute the noise to trucks. The road that the trucks drove on was not very busy to begin with. At that time of night, it should be dead, yet the rumbling continued. It seemed to be coming from deep within the passage. B said he would ask some veteran cavers what could be causing the noise. Mm -mm. Get out of the cave. If I heard some weird sounds going on in a cave behind a tiny hole, I'd be like, "Mm, If there is rumbling in a cave, you're going to get eaten. Yeah. It's like, there's some things I should not be fucking with down here. And even if it's a small animal that can fit through the hole, it's going to have rabies. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, you're going to have to get a rabies shot, which is like several shots to the stomach and it sucks. Yep. So maybe just go home. Seems like your options aren't great at this point. 
We didn't spend a long time admiring our work. We still had to haul the gear up and out of the cave. Again, why can't you just leave it down there? Because you're going to have to come back and then put it back down, right? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if nobody's going to this cave, like, nobody's going to find it. Anyways. Actually, we left some of it in the cave. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry I need about to stop that, interrupting. Ted. I need to stop interrupting. He's <laughs> like, you just let me finish. Oh my God, can you let me do what I need to do? <laughs> I'm going to shut my damn mouth. <laughs> he really put me in my place. It was still difficult work. What made it worse was that we were both exhausted. Our original plan was to be done with this cave and hit a couple of other caves in the area the next day. Wow, you guys are booked and busy. Honestly. Instead, we decided to crash at a nearby motel, charge up the drill batteries, and go back to the mystery cave. So now we have photo number three. Click to see a photo of the opening after our first trip. Um, I cannot tell because he did not put his glove. So So I have no size reference for this It could be the same hole. I really am not sure, Ted. Yeah, I'm like, why couldn't you just put the glove again? Maybe he tried to put the glove the same way, but because the hole was bigger, it fell. <laughs> and he was like, well, it can't fit anymore. Then you got to show a picture of the glove on the ground and be like, see, it fell. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> My journal goes on at length about the night after we left the cave. Why? <laughs> Why does he say it like he didn't write the journal? Like the journal wrote itself. It's just doing that. It's just going on and on. God. Just fucking journal. <laughs> We got a room. Dinner was excellent. I didn't sleep good despite the fact that I was exhausted, etc. What do you mean, etc.? Because <laughs> um, I don't know what else you could be other than exhausted. Yeah. Was oh, it, I guess it was after like a, a good a dinner. List. Yeah, so it's like the room, the dinner, the no sleep, etc. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, That's okay. what they're talking about. Okay, understand. We both slept in, so we got a late start back into the cave. You started on the first day at 3 p.m., so I'm very concerned about what late start means. I'm thinking like 7. Yeah. <laughs> the second day working on the cave went about the same as the first. We worked until both batteries had died again. We were still not even close to getting through. The howling and rumbling continued as the day before. Again, that would freak me out and I would leave. I would be out of there. I don't even like wind howling in my own fucking house. Yeah. So this is entry four, which is not an actual entry. It is a educational section titled On Caving. Before I continue with the next journal entry, I thought it might be helpful to the reader to explain a little bit about caving and about the atmosphere in the cave. As I reread and think about my descriptions of the cave, I notice that much of the language I use in my caving journal and the descriptions, or lack thereof, assume that the reader has a knowledge of caving and what is it, what it is like inside the cave. I expect all of our listeners already know this because... Yeah. We gave you a great rundown. Three whole episodes. In other words, I write my journals for me. All caps. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, dead. I will take this time to give a more detailed description of the cave. I will tell about what it is like while we work on the cave. And I will summarize our feelings up to this point. Aw, their feelings. I love this, like, thesis statement. Like, he's gonna, you know, this great introduction. Mm-hmm. The cave was discovered, which is in quotes, which is concerning, several decades ago when construction in the area unearthed its entrance. From that time to the present, it has been visited by mostly locals in the area and avid cavers in the region. Beer cans can be found intermittently in the cave, mostly in the upper half. Very specific, like not just debris. It's like it's beer, beer cans. cans. <laughs> okay, when seems the... like a fucking narc over here. Yeah, honestly, like, just clean it up if you're that you know annoying about it. Yeah, honestly, when the cave was first entered, it was probably beautiful. Probably looked like a cave. Yeah. 
Dust, graffiti, vandals, pigeons, and regular use have diminished it ap- its appeal. What? Dust? Like, what's with yeah. the pigeon drive-by? I don't think pigeons go in caves. I don't think so either. They're not really cave animals. Like, there might be poop at the, like, entrance when they're, like, flying by or whatever. Right, I was like, are you thinking of bats? Yeah. Bats live in caves sometimes. Also, like, dust occurs naturally. Like, there's dust everywhere. Yeah. Like, the cave has its own dust. <laughs> Okay. Just dust it, babe. Yeah. Bring some little, you know, some dust spray. Also, aren't you technically a vandal since you're destroying part of this cave? True. So, so maybe check yourself, mm-hmm. Ted. <laughs> there are still places in the cave where small formations remain undisturbed. Not the ones you've been to. You are actively damaging it. As a reminder of what the rest of the cave used to look like. They're just so, like, originalist. Like, it has to be me only... To enter the cave, one must have a good length of rope in order to rappel down into the rock. A nearby tree serves as a good anchor point. Once the rope is tied to the tree about 20 feet away from a small cliff, it can be tossed over the edge of the cliff to a small ledge 15 feet below. Cavers can then descend the short distance to the entrance. Once inside the cave, artificial light must be used. My light source of choice is a battery-operated helmet-mounted light known as a tag light. Safe caving calls for at least two sources of backup lighting. For my backup lighting, I have a mini mag light mounted to my helmet and another helmet-mounted light in my pack, which I always carry with me. I also have glow sticks that I carry with me. Don't need to say that again. Carry with me. We get it. These are not considered good sources of backup light by some, but they are good for use for taking lunch breaks. And they could be used to get out of a cave if the other sources fail. I mean, you know, even if they're not perfect, I feel like like that's a good... light sources. Yeah, a good backup, backup, backup option. Mm -hmm. After a short climb over large rocks, the caver comes to a large pit. The same rope is used to reach the bottom of the pit. The drop is only 50 feet or so, but it is not free hanging. In other words, you can't slide straight down the rope, which is preferable. You have to snake your way around sharp rocks as you descend. The ascent is made more difficult for the same reason. The pit varies in diameter from about 10 feet to three or four in a few places. The walls are lined with a sharp white rock called popcorn. A popcorn ceiling, perhaps? Let me correct that. Oh, all right, Ted. You wrote it. (laughs) I was like, just erase it. It used to be white, but is now covered with dust and dirt that was kicked down from above by years of caving. He's very angry. God. The popcorn makes it painful to brush against the side of the pit. My choice of clothing is Levi's, t-shirt, gloves, and knee pads. I usually leave the cave with a few scrapes, but at least I am comfortable when I climb around inside. The temperature is stable year-round. It feels cool in the summer and warm in the winter. We have gone in on freezing days, and 10 feet into the cave is warm enough that coats are not needed. It is a good temperature to work in, as we learned. Hmm. Like, is that actually true of caves? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. For this size drop, I usually use a figure eight descending device. For the climb up, I attach myself to the rope using a Petzl. Petzl? Yeah, I guess. It looks like a brand name. It's a lot of branded content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> using a Petzl Ascender but I climb up on my own without using the device. Humble brag. It is there merely as a safety attachment in case I slip. Other cavers have their own methods of getting up and down. At the bottom of the drop, the caver gets to do some crawling for a while. They get to do it. Mm, Like it's a treat. 
<laughs> they can crawl the street. <laughs> there is a small room about six by six feet at the bottom that gives the caver a spot to leave his harness and descending ascending gear. Since there is no steep drops, the harness is not needed and will only get in the way. Once the caver gets down to the 6x6 room, he can take a break under a ledge while the rest of the party comes down. Then he must drop to his knees to negotiate a 10-foot-long passage that is only a few feet high. Good use of the word negotiate, honestly. It's, yeah, I'm like, that was creative. Um, This is where the knee pads come in handy. Sure, okay. The floor is covered with a soft dirt intermingled with bits of broken rock from above. The thin layer of dirt does nothing to soften the blow to the hands and knees as the caver works down the crawl space. As a reward, at the end of the crawl, he gets to drop his belly and scoot under a tight squeeze. Not really tight, just something low enough to make a caver scoot along in the dirt. Oh, like someone kicking up dust, per se. (laughs) Ted. Ted. I feel like you're ruining the integrity of these tight squeezes by kicking up all this durst, durst, dust, <laughs> Ted, durst. I'm just gonna blow past it. <laughs> Once the caver gets on the other side of the squeeze, there are a few feet of crawl space. Then the cave opens up enough to stand. For most of the rest of the cave, the caver can stand or at least stoop. The cave splits off into several passages at this point. Two routes wind around rocks and crevices and come to abrupt dead ends. The other two lead to small pools of water. Each route is fun to explore. They all lead on for a hundred feet or so in a gradual downward slope. Most of the time, the caver can walk upright in the passages. Other times, he will have to climb over large boulders or occasionally crawl on hands and knees. Water is a common occurrence in caves. I have been told that one of the local residents was one of the first people in the cave and that his cousin dove into the pools using scuba gear. He said the cave continued down for a couple hundred feet underwater. What they were hoping for, and what happens frequently, is that a passage comes up somewhere else, with virgin cave passages to explore. Extremely weird. Unfortunately, I don't possess the knowledge to give more detail about the types of rock in the cave. I don't give a shit. Sorry, Ted. Really don't care. Um, When we were drilling, we would have some parts that were easier to drill than others. And there were different colors in the rock. Refer to the photo taken in the cave. Okay. Um, he says, "Return." refer to the photo's possessive. Yeah. Like photo apostrophe S. What? I'm like, that's weird. Um, <laughs> that's incorrect. Yeah. Uh, but this is the best I can do to describe the makeup of the cave. At the point the cave splits into four routes, the two passages that dead in are to the immediate left of the caver. Straight ahead and to the right are the passages that lead to pools of water. The entrance to the passage on the right is the largest of the four. The arched opening rises nearly 10 feet in the air, ending a mere foot below the cave ceiling. As the caver enters the passage, the ceiling gradually lowers until it is about six feet high. It continues at the same height for the 40 feet that the passage travels in a continuous direction. This section of the cave resembles a hard rock mine. It's arch nearly perfect and the floor flat and easy to walk on. It's easy to picture rusty mine cars on rail lines and dust covered miners with blistered hands gripping dull picks. 
The pseudo mine comes to an end and the caver is once again forced to drop onto hands and knees and get reacquainted with the floor of the cave. This time the cave lasts about 20 feet. The floor is sloping gently downward for the first half of the crawl. Then it gets fairly steep and slippery. Able-bodied cavers can still climb carefully down the slippery slope. When I go with B, I carry the end of the rope that we use to get down to this point. I usually need to tie another short length of rope to the first rope to make sure that he can use it to reach the bottom. The crawl lasts a few feet beyond the bottom of the slide. Over the next 10 to 12 feet, the caver slowly begins to regain the standing position. This is so long. Oh my god. After walking a few feet and climbing down a short drop-off, the cavers arrive at a small level area which has a passage leading down immediately to the left. The passage ends 75 feet later at one of the small bodies of water. To the right is a rock wall. Straight ahead is an indentation in the wall which goes back about 3 feet. On the wall at the rear of the indent is a small hole about the size of a softball. To get near the hole, the caver ducks under an overhang and kneels upon the rocks that rise above the floor by a few inches. By the time the caver reaches this point, he is either warm or sweating, and the first thing he notices is the cool breeze blowing out of the hole. It was my recognition of this hole as a potential doorway to unexplored portions of the cave that ultimately led to this telling of my experience. As has been my tradition for all the years I've been caving, the party reaches a point in the cave, usually at the deepest part of the cave, that all lights are extinguished. Complete blackness fills the eyes. For a moment, the individual caver strains the eye muscles, focusing in and out with the expectation of catching a crumble of light somewhere in the false night. After several futile moments, the caver turns his head at the sound, perhaps another caver, only to have the other senses return and then heighten. The sounds, smells, and feeling that have been overlooked to this point come racing to the caver in perfect detail. The pain of their own behind sitting on the cave floor. The smell of dust, sweat, and guano. The sound of modern material shifting on age-old rock as cavers attempt to find comfort in this solid foundation. At the back of every caver's mind at this time is, what if? What if a person had to climb out of this cave with no light? Would he make it? Would he find all the turns and bends which got him to this place? If not, would a rescue party find him in time? The depth of darkness recognized at this time is something that is rarely experienced outside a cave. Many first-time cavers erroneously declare that they have to hold their hand to within two to three inches of their face before they can see it. The truth is the human eye is incapable of seeing in an absence of light. If they did not hear something coming towards them, they would feel it before they saw it complete and total dark. This exercise is a great way to remind people to take backup lighting. It's very ominous. Yeah. As we proceed to work in the cave, we developed a system pretty early and little changed in succeeding trips. The first time in the cave, B took first shift at chipping away at the opening. After about a half hour, he needed a break, so I took over. He told me what worked best and I continued doing the same. We would try new things from time to time to use new muscles, but usually stuck to the same method. We would use the masonry bit and press on the drill as hard as we could and drill out a hole in the rock. Safety glasses and dust masks were worn while working. Then we would insert the bullpen and hammer into the rock and break out small chunks of cave. You already told us this. Then we would drill another hole, repeat the process. Occasionally the drill would hit a soft spot in the rock and that step would be shortened. We would work until we would become too tired to continue. 
then B and I would trade. I'm like, we went over this, Ted. I know, honestly. While one of us was working, the other would remain in the darkness and eat or drink, or just lay down on the cave floor, padded by rope bags. After just a few rotations, we were tired enough to catch a nap while taking our break. The only light we used was the helmet light on the head of the worker. Since it was pointing towards the hole, the resting person was left mostly in the dark. This was a welcome benefit, since the resting person was usually, well, resting. The rest break was also a chance to cool down a bit, which didn't take long in the cooler temperature of the cave. Fortunately, the temperature of the cave allowed us to work pretty hard and not overheat much. I remember that I frequently looked at the hole and thought, Hey, it's big enough. I think I can squeeze through, only to be disappointed in my attempt. However, even after the first attempt and failure, I knew that I would keep working on the hole until I got through. This despite the fact that I knew it would take many more hours of hard work. It actually became an obsession with me. I tried to get out to the cave and work as often as I could. I hoped that the passage led to a larger, undiscovered cave that we would be the first ones to enter. I guess the explorer in me wanted to find a new frontier there in the cave. Since B is such an avid caver, he was motivated by the same desires to find a new unexplored cave. What we did find was not at all what we expected. <gasps> now we're at the next journal entry from February 10th, 2001. So what is that? So it's about like 13, 14 days since the last journal entry. Yes. Oh, See, I need to stop interrupting Ted. Scarcely two weeks had gone by. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. And already we were on our way back out to work in the cave. We admit we have become obsessed with the idea of getting through the passage. That may be a sign of how exciting our lives really are. I don't (laughs) think so. That's funny. I think he's saying that his life is like really boring. So like. That's why it's exciting to get through a hole in the wall. And I find that hilarious. Oh, Ted. Oh, Ted. Sweet Ted. Okay. It's not that we think there is going to be something great beyond the passage. We just like the idea of being the first humans on the face of the planet to set foot in a virgin part of the cave. (laughs) Although if we found a hidden treasure, that would be fine with us. (laughs) That's cute. I like that. So I won't say no. I'm going to twist my arm about it. We got a late start and drove part of the way in the dark. God, you guys, like, just go in the morning. I mean, maybe they have jobs, but, like, Jesus. When I tell people that I go caving at night, they wonder why. Oh, my God. Again, (laughs) Ted is reading my mind. Ted is right here in my brain. Damn. You know, I'm... I'm taking every chance to shit on Ted, and he just throws it right back. (laughs) He is so quick. (sighs) They don't stop to think that it is always night once you're inside the cave. (laughs) You know, you got me there, buddy. He's like, it's dark anyways. He's like, it's always night. All the way out to Mystery Cave, we talked about new ideas to speed up our work. B also told me he talked to some caver friends of his that came up with an explanation about the rumbling noise. They thought it might be the sound of water deep within the cave, possibly Hmm. a waterfall. It's actually a really great explanation. That makes a lot of sense. They couldn't really explain why the noise seemed to come and go. To me, it is just one more reason to get through so we can solve the mystery. This trip, we took B's dog, Whip. She's a Jack Russell Terrier. (laughs) I had a Jack Russell growing up, so I really like them. Um... Whip. Whip. What a good name. Yeah, it's a great name. They're fast as fuck, too, so. 
I was not at all concerned about taking the dog into the cave. We have taken her before. She answers the call of nature before we go in. (laughs) Good for her. And then waits until we get out again. Also, she is well behaved inside the cave. We simply had to lower her via custom made harness. (laughs) Until she reached the bottom of the main drop. Adventure dog. Yeah. Then she negotiated the rest of the way on her own. She loves to explore, but won't go out of our sight. Great dog. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a light attached to her, so she has to wait for us. Another reason I didn't mind bringing Whip along, because we had planned on putting her in the small hole to see how far in the passage she would go. No! No! Don't put the- don't put Whip in there! You are going through all this work. It is your obsession to get through this hole, to fit through this hole. You are not using a dog as a little guinea pig. If this dog dies, I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah. That might give us an idea what is on the other side. We knew that if there were a drop-off that we couldn't see, the dog would turn around and come right back out. We thought we might have to do some work on the hole before even the dog could get through. So now we posted picture number four. It says, click to see a picture of Bee's dog, Whip, near the entrance of the cave. Aww. She's so cute. She's so cute. Little Whip. Despite working in the dark of the night, we were able to rig up and get down pretty quickly. We didn't take as many tools as last time. Plus, we left some in the hole so we wouldn't have to haul them out and bring them back in again. Smart. I did manage to get two more batteries for the drill for a total of four. Math. Yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's like, unless you were wondering, you dumb little idiot. <laughs> keep up. And I'm like, Ted, I am. <laughs> Do my best, Ted. Also, a few more masonry drill bits. Even with the dog, we made good time getting down. Then something bizarre happened that I can't quite explain. He says that I can't quit Quit explain. explain. (laughs) I just, I rolled with your punches, Ted. I got it. You can cut that out. I just wanted to mention it. (laughs) I think that's funny. The dog began exploring as soon as we let her off the rope. She was in hog heaven, sniffing and darting around our feet. She would run from one person to the other as we made our way back to the work site. At the point the cave splits into four passages, the dog seemed to run out of juice. I don't know why he wouldn't just call her Whip. Yeah. Something's the dog. Yeah. She just stuck right by either Bee or me. That seemed kind of odd. As we progressed further into the cave, she would only stay by Bee. She seemed edgy. Maybe she seemed on edge. She's not edgy. <laughs> she's she's not a, a punk mm, dog. She's fucking edgy, dude. <laughs> Whip is so fucking edgy. She was a smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> she got a mohawk down there. <laughs> like she saw something she didn't like. As we approached the short drop off before the hole, she stopped and would only come further after we coaxed her. The hair on her back stood on end. It's a bad sign, Ted. Mm-hmm, that You gotta go. Dogs know what's up. It's like pitter pattering down. (laughs) I would just like to apologize formally for Jackson snoring right next to the microphone. Yeah. Um, I don't have the heart to boop him, so there's just gonna be snoring in this. Yeah. Sorry. It's fine. (laughs) The the snoring is funny to listen to, Mm -hmm. like while we're recording this with no music. Finally, as we got to within twenty feet of the hole, she began to whimper and hide behind B. Oh, poor little whip. I know. Her tail was between her legs, and she was cowering down on the ground. Strange. What do you mean strange? That means get the fuck out of there. That means it's time to go, baby. That means it's time to run and do not look back. I have seen her square off with dogs twice her size, but now she acted as if Satan himself was lurking in the darkness. Probably because he is. Satan's just back there in that hole like, let me out, please. (laughs) Let me out. 
I figured there must have been animals that used the cave as a home, and Whip smelled their scent. Too bad it upset her, because there was no way she was going into the passage. We decided that with this new development, parentheses, the nervous dog. <laughs> we know Ted. God. It's been one paragraph. He acts like every single start of a paragraph. We haven't heard this story in like two We're years. We're jumping in. We put the paragraphs in to a ram- <laughs> random selector. Yeah. And we're just reading them out of order. <laughs> One of us would work while the other stayed with the dog a few feet away from where we normally rested. We got right back into our routine of drilling, hammering, etc. With our extra supply of batteries, we were able to really push hard on the drill and not have to worry about using up the batteries. This did not make our work any easier, but it did speed things up a little bit. Progress was still slow, slow in all caps. Mm -hmm. I really didn't mind though. My journal goes on for a while about the progress we were making. The entire time we worked, Whip did not move. She just laid there on a rope bag, shivering. She would whimper from time to time. One thing I didn't think about at the time was that she would not take her eyes off the hole. We should have been more observant of this intuitive animal. Yes, Ted, yes. you should have been. You should have been. Dumb, dumb idiot. We were on our fourth battery when the second bizarre thing happened to us. B was working. He had just finished drilling a hole and was getting ready to hammer with the bullpen. When he stopped working and looked into the hole, I was kicking back, almost asleep, and hardly paying attention to B. He had a light by his side to illuminate the work area. I could see in the eerie glow a puzzled and intense look on his face. He looked over at me and shook his head. I asked him what was up. He said that he swore he had just heard strange noises emanating from the hole. He said it sounded like rock sliding on rock, sort of a grinding sound. Uh. I assumed his ears were just ringing from the drilling. He didn't wear any earplugs this trip, dumbass. God damn it, B. He assured me he heard what he said he heard. I didn't have an explanation, so I went back to dozing. <laughs> it's like, cool, I'm sleeping, so... He's like, well, I can't tell you what that is, so I'm just gonna ignore it. Men. I don't understand the question, and I won't respond to it. <laughs> this sign won't stop me because I can't read. <laughs> B sat in the quiet of the cave for a long time before he resumed work. Also, he would stop from time to time and just listen. B is very grounded and not one to pursue some imaginary sound. I believe he heard something, but I'm not too concerned about what it was. Because you're stupid. Honestly. I assume we'll figure it all out once we get through the passage. Not a good idea. Uh-uh. I would be one to try and figure out what the sound is before going into the scary Especially passage. Especially rock grinding on rock. Yeah, like, that's I not I would be normal. like, there is a troll in there. Yeah. With a big ol' sword. Yeah. Sharpening it. Getting ready to fight. Or, at the very least, assume that maybe you're messing with something that's more fragile than it is. Yeah. And the whole cave could come right down on you guys. And Honestly. And you stop drilling. I'm like, that seems like the scariest noise you could hear in a cave. Yeah. Rock moving against rock. You'd yeah. be like, oh, fuck. Like, we need to get out now. Yes. Yeah. That's like the kind of sounds that miners go, we're going back up top. Yeah. They're like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Jesus. The final battery lasted another hour or so. We were sitting around talking about our progress when I decided to see if I could get my head through the hole. <laughs> it really freaks me out. <laughs> Sorry about it. that noise. <laughs> it's just a knee-jerk reaction. It's like terrifying. I'm like, what if your head gets stuck? My head easily fit, but there was no way my shoulders were going in. As I was kneeling there contemplating how close we were, I noticed something that B overlooked. The wind had stopped. In all of the times I have been in the cave, I have always felt the wind blowing. 
The last time we were out working on the cave, the wind was blowing worse than ever. Even earlier, we remember the breeze cooling us off, but now, nothing. B said he did not know when it stopped. The rumbling had ceased too. Bizarre. It's bizarre. They heard rock on rock, and then all the other sounds stop. And then just complete silence. Yikes. My entire body is tense. Yeah. I'm like genuinely afraid. I'm genuinely stressed out right now. This plain old cave was becoming mysterious. We talked for a long time in the dark of the cave. We debated what could possibly be causing these unusual events to occur. I think part of the reason we were sitting in the dark was because we were both too hammered to move. You guys were drunk? <laughs> Fucking hammered. This is really like... I think coming means... out of left field. I didn't realize you got... You were leaving the beer cans out there. <laughs> it's a good misdirect there, Ted. <laughs> I'm like, I guess he means like too exhausted from all the hammering to move. Right, but that's not what that word that's means. That's not what that means, Ted. I don't even think that's what that meant in 2001. But yeah. Whatever. Anyways. <laughs> Just fucking <laughs> drunk as shit. It's like, no wonder you're hearing all these noises. You're drunk. (laughs) We could come up with no reasonable explanation for the strange things happening in the cave. After sitting for at least half an hour, we slowly loaded up our gear and started for the surface. Whip could not have been happier to get out of there. Again, listen to the dog. Mm -hmm, Truly. Once again. The dog is like, fucking thank you. Yeah, he's like, um. I've been telling (laughs) y'all. He's like, let's never go back. What have I been saying? (laughs) Once again, we left some of the tools in the cave. We just put them in the hole. Not enough people to use the cave to worry about. Plus, we were too tired to care. We made a lot of progress this trip. It helped to have the extra batteries. We have a long way to go, but it's sure nice to see how far we've come. So now we have the fifth picture. It says, click to see our progress on the hole. Again, where is the glove, Ted? Where is the glove? We need size references. Mm -hmm. You can't start with a size reference and then just abandon it. Honestly... The rest of the journal, he always ends it with this, like we need to know. The yeah. rest of the journal entry talks about climbing out of the cave, getting a room in a motel, nice, and crashing. We were beat. Crashing is in all caps. Yeah. In retrospect, I can't believe how casual we were about everything that was happening in the cave. To be honest, not much is happening in the cave. It's not much is happening. And also, Ted's the only one being casual about it. Whip is like, fuck no. Yeah. Even he is, like, is like uh, starting to be like, uh, something yeah. is not right. Yeah. At the time, the only thing we could think about was getting into the passage. Again, I feel like you're speaking for the room, Ted, and you're not conferring with the people around you. I'm like, I just keep wanting to say beard. I'm like, let let beard speak. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does beard have to say? Everything else was just a minor distraction. I do recall thinking it would be nice to get in and see how the mechanics of the cave worked, where the wind was coming from, what was making the noise, etc., Now, weeks later, I think of my ignorance and naivety and shiver comma and a shiver okay <laughs> so this is um entry number six uh i do want to clarify that we're going to switch it up a little bit there is still the difference between his journal and then his notes on his journal but because there's so much from his journal um one of us will just read an entry and we'll go from there yeah um and i'll just clarify when it's supposed to be his journal cool sounds good so this is march 3rd through 4th of 2001 It took us three weeks before we got back out to the mystery cave again. Our attitudes have changed a bit since we first started the project. In the beginning, we looked at the whole thing as a fun adventure. Since the last trip out, we found ourselves taking a more serious approach. Like it's like a job. 
On the drive out, this time our conversation was a little more subdued than before. We hadn't talked much since the last trip. Not for any reason, but scheduling conflicts. Okay, Dad. <laughs> um, maybe that's just you. Maybe B's getting a little annoyed with you, all right? <laughs> trouble in paradise. Um, instead of discussing ways to get through the passage, we found ourselves talking about rational explanations for what was happening. Should have been doing that from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Neither one of... Especially considering you haven't changed your, like, you know, ways of doing it. Yeah. You should have moved on to, like, what's happening. Yeah. Neither one of us had any ideas that would explain the unusual occurrences we experienced on the last trip. We were amused to find out that neither one of us had talked much about the trip to other people. This is a complete reversal from the other trips. Ted is just boring everyone in his life about these (laughs) fucking caves. It has been fun to report to friends and family about our progress. It is always fun to tell people about the tight squeeze we are going to have to go through to get into the passage. I swear to God, they're not having fun. Wait, I'm so confused by this because he was like, oh, this is funny because we're not updating people and we usually update people. And then he's like, but it's fun updating people. Yeah. So like, which is it? Maybe he thinks like Ted's talking about caves like at like 10% less is like to him, like not talking about it at all. But everybody else in his life is like, dear God, when will (laughs) Ted shut up about, shut up about caves? Most people have little desire to voluntarily subject themselves to incredibly tight spaces. Yeah, normal people. Actually, neither do I. (laughs) Ted, but I will do it in order to get to the other side. Good motivation. The other side, it's just more cave. It's just more cave and probably a monster. Honestly, I'm like, there's something back there. Yeah, or some bats with rabies. Honestly... You're going to get fucking rabies. You already found the guano, so you know there are bats. Truly. We left town early in the afternoon to beat traffic. I don't really recall what time we got to the cave. Like I said, the mood was subdued. Mind. (laughs) We got rigged up and started down. Obviously, B left the dog at home this time. Great. I'm so glad the dog's not in danger. Me too. We took essentially the same gear as the last time. We left some of the tools in the hold to save our backs the agony of hauling the extra weight. Even with the gear, we got down in good time. We usually have a good system for getting up and down. There was only one minor mishap this trip. B scraped his arm on the descent. Not real bad, fortunately. He waited until we got all the way to the hole to patch it up. It was just a superficial cut. While we were getting the wound cleaned up, while he was getting the wound cleaned up, I started working. We both took note that the breeze was back and the rumbling was present. We had four fresh batteries and four, or maybe three and a half, fresh arms. <laughs> Good joke, Ted. Uh, <laughs> I had high hopes this would be the day. It started out pretty slow. When we first started working on the hold, the thickness was about three inches. As we enlarged the hold, the thickness had increased. As a result, our progress had become slower. Slower than already glacier pace. God. Still, we continued with as much energy as we could put into the work. This hole was big enough, at least, for me to put the hammer into the hole for reference, then put the camera into the hole and take a picture of Floyd's tomb. So, this is picture number six. It's definitely bigger. There's a whole ass hammer in there. Yeah, I, when he said he put the hammer in the hole for reference, I was expecting, like, the picture to be, like, of some of the wall and the hole and Mm -hmm. then the hammer inside. Yeah. This gives me no frame of reference. It definitely does not. And also, I thought with the way he said it, that he put the hammer in for reference. Mm -hmm. 
and then took it out and then put the camera in to take a picture of the right. inside of the hole, which is right. not what happened. Which would have been two good pictures. I'm like, one for the hammer reference of the size of the main hole and then inside to, like, see the rest of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this gives me nothing. Especially because with the map, it says, like, basically right inside the hole is the wide area. So I'm like, is this the wide area? In which case you have done nothing? Yeah. Or is this really, like, how big the hole is? In which you've been understating how much work you've been doing. Honestly. Anyways. It's been nice to see the pile of broken rock below the hole get bigger and bigger. Why aren't you moving it away from the hole? I'm saying, why aren't you cleaning up after yourself? We have both realized that we are just going to have to put in a certain amount of work in order to get through. So we just got down to business. We don't just now realizing how much work you have to do. Honestly, like, isn't that the whole fun of it? You get to roll around on your tummy. (laughs) We don't usually talk much while we work since one of us is making a lot of noise with the drill or hammer. Break times are used to chat momentarily about whatever topic pops into mind. Are you explaining to us how the human interaction works, Ted? Is Ted an alien? (laughs) Maybe. Be honest. He talks like one. The breaks take place whenever the guy that's working decides to switch roles. Okay. We both we've heard this like five times. <laughs> no. We both put in some pretty good work sessions. I have a little more stamina than B, humble brag, but he gets just as much done in a shorter amount of time due to his upper body strength. Okay, just kiss him already. We still celebrate the small victories we encountered along the way. Whenever a section we've been working on crumbles, we cheer. On the rare occasion that a fist-sized rock falls from the entrance, we whoop and holler. <laughs> I want to kill myself. This is so boring. I'm just like, we get it. We understand. That's one small chunk of earth that no longer separates us from... Dot, dot, dot. Whatever lies on the other side. I'm like, okay. yes, that's the interesting part. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about your stupid little rocks. Honestly, I feel like you already explained this to us. So I'm a little like, like let's go. Yeah. Pace it up a bit. Exactly. I still harbor the fantasy that there is a hidden entrance on the other side of the passage. And years ago, Spanish explorers hid their treasure in the cave and sealed up the entrance. Spanish explorers? Where are you guys? Honestly, I was like, are you in Central America? I guess maybe they're on the West Coast or something. Oh, but he didn't want us to know the location, so. Silly. Maybe he even changed it. Maybe it was the French. <laughs> yeah. He switched it up on us. Playing a little switcheroo. Yeah. And it has remained untouched until we find it. B has a more realistic, although more mundane, theory. Because caves are mundane. Realistic and mundane usually are synonyms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't need to say both. He figures there is more cave on the other side. We'll see who is right. It's B. It's B. B, B is, is right. right. Well, I guess neither of you are right because neither of you are considering the fact that there could be something Giant animalistic and creepy. Troll with a sword. Mm-hmm. The sword is important. And he's going to ask you trivia questions, but it's trivia questions from like 300 AD, so you're never going to know the answer. Yep. Or like the vampire from Midnight Mass. Mm. This trip out, I went to see if we could speed up the work by using larger masonry bits. I purchased some good-sized ones at the hardware store at a good-sized price. God damn it, Ted. I'm ready to fight. I'm like, cut on with it. One was larger in diameter than the rest. The other was smaller around, but longer. I had pretty much concluded that the big one might be too big, and I was right. We tried to get it to go back into the rock, but progress was very slow. We tried pushing for all we were worth, and all we got was tired. 
The larger bit just created too much friction area for our strength. It might have worked with a hammer drill, but we didn't have one. Why not? The longer bit worked fine with our drill. We relied on it for most of the work we did this trip. I thought we were going to be out one bit, a drill, and my hand when the bit broke off toward one end. I was pushing as hard as I could on the drill with the bit a few inches in the wall when it snapped. I nearly rammed the drill through the wall from pushing so hard. We were able to retrieve the bit and kept using it, minus a couple inches. It still worked great. <laughs> so what was the point of telling us that it broke? Like, I thought we were going to have some sort of tension. The story was changing, mm -hmm. but it was just immediately solved. He's like, I'm like, just don't bring it up. Only once in a great while did we resort to hammer and chisel. Work was proceeding as normal until about the time we were on our fourth battery. Okay, so Ted, just a quick note here. <laughs> that was four paragraphs yeah. that I just read. Yeah. Really could have cut that out. Because it added nothing new. It was either information that we've already known or something deeply uninteresting. Yeah. Like, the bit broke, but it still works. You could just include a sentence that's like, in my journal, I wrote about the different um, equipment that we used, which isn't super relevant to the story. Yeah. But whatever. I was kneeling down and working the drill slowly into the wall at the time. I had my earplugs in, my safety glasses on, and was lost in my own thoughts. Suddenly, over the squeal of the drill wearing down the rock, I heard a strange noise. It was loud. I could hear it over the noise of the drill, even though I had earplugs in. At first, I thought it was just the drill bit doing its job on the cave. It would frequently complain by screeching and whining as we forced it into the wall. But this was different. It took me several full seconds to comprehend that this was coming from inside the hole and not the bit. I stopped drilling and yanked my earplugs out just in time to hear the most terrible scream I have ever heard trail off and echo into the darkness of the cavern. Jesus Christ. Things are getting real. I stared wide-eyed at the hole. For several moments, I didn't move, nor did I breathe. I turned to look at B. Moments earlier, he had been lying on the rope bag, catching a nap. Now he was standing upright, mouth open, with a look of concern on his face. I turned and looked into the hole again, half expecting to see a demon face staring back at me. Nothing was different in Floyd's tomb. I fixed my gaze on the back of the squeeze, where the limits of the light reached. There was no motion, only darkness beyond the reaches of my light. In the complete silence that followed, I could hear my heart pounding in my ears. Not another sound could be heard in the cave. Suddenly, I heard a scraping noise behind me and straightened up. I nearly knocked myself out, hitting my head on the overhang. It was just B moving to turn on his light, but I was so wired it nearly sent me to the grave. B spoke, and again I jumped. He said to get some rocks and put them into the hole. He explained that whatever animal had made that noise might be able to get through the hole. I immediately grabbed a few rocks and hoisted them through the opening. Using the handle of the sledgehammer, I slid the rocks as far back into the tunnel as I could reach, creating a wall between us and the other side. Since the squeeze is so small, it didn't take long. The entire time I was doing this, however, I was thinking that the noise certainly did not come from an animal. I didn't know if B really thought it was, or if he was just trying to convince himself. I didn't say anything to him about what I thought. Just want to jump in here that one. Yeah. It, I don't think it's an animal because no. the story is terrifying. Mm -hmm. But also, bobcats do make noises that sound like human screams. They do. And it is not uncommon for animals to make noises that sound like people. Mm -hmm. um, also, skinwalker. Skinwalker. Consider that. 
consider that. I was I, screaming. Ooh, not good. If it was trying to be sneaky, it failed. It definitely failed. It failed its stealth mission. Yeah. But, you know. It definitely could be an animal because animals do make noises like that. Yes. And it feels like the animal, skinwalker, demon, whatever it is, came across, you know, was walking through its home, saw that you were, you know, making this hole Mm -hmm. really big. And it screamed because it was like, you're destroying my home. And in which case, it is definitely coming after you. Yeah, it's pissed. So I would leave. It's like, this is my property, bro. Yeah. I live here. Like, this is my home. Yeah. And you're just like destroying it. You're just like, I have the lease here. Okay. Honestly. Like. I'm like, what? Me moving the rocks together didn't spook you off? What am I going to tell my landlord when he comes (laughs) in to do an inspection? Okay. I'm just in here rumbling away. So stop. Like, leave me alone to my rumbles. <laughs> Just the Grinch. <laughs> From the time it happened to the writing of this journal entry, parentheses, two days later, I have tried to come up with a possible source for such a noise. To describe it, I would say it sounded like a cross between a man screaming in fear and a cougar screaming in pain. Okay. okay. Like I said. Yeah. Big cats make noises like this. Mm-hmm. It sounded like it came from the hole and was roughly a hundred feet away. How would you even know that? Yeah. The horrific noise reverberated through the cave and through my ears. That's <laughs> what hearing works. That's what an eardrum does. B estimated the scream lasted eight to ten seconds. My best guess is about five seconds. Why are you, like, picking a fight? Like, why do you have to be right about it? Yeah. You could just be like, okay. He's like, well, I'm making an educated guess. And it's like, it doesn't really matter five to ten seconds. I don't think it's a big difference. Mm-mm. Three seconds while I was drilling, one and a half seconds to drop the drill and yank the earplugs, plugs, and half a second of sheer terror. Annoying. Seems Ted. like B's estimation is better. I don't think it could take one and a half seconds for you to drop a drill and yank the earplugs out. Honestly. I think you're being a little weirdly biased about it. Ted. I'm like, why do you need to pick an argument with B? Yeah. I'm like, I think I would be more concerned with the scream itself. Yeah. Than how, how long, long it lasted. Because I'm like, there is no difference between five and ten. It's difficult to tell how much time passes when you're listening to a solo from the depths of Hades. Okay. It's a weird way to phrase that. It is. I'm like, what? what is the depths of Hades? Like, his balls? <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Sounds like Hades balls in here. depths of hell the depths of hellheim the depths of another culture's version of hell or whatever but the depths of hades like that's a dude that's, that's a man <laughs> like deep within hades fucking ball sack did that scream come forth i mean i guess that is that is a pretty detailed picture okay yeah okay, I, okay, I, okay. I understand now yeah good, good i'm sorry words. great job After I filled the back of the passage with rocks, we just sat there listening to the silence. My breathing was a lot more rapid than usual. Neither of us spoke for quite some time. Finally, B suggested we get back to work, but keep an eye out for movement in the hole. We put a light in the passage that shined to the back of Floyd's tomb. It was only at this point that we realized the wind had stopped again and the rumbling could no longer be heard. Wait, sorry, I have to interrupt for a second. Mm-hmm. How are you putting a light in the passage that shines to the back of the tomb if you have now just blocked up the passage with rocks? I was confused rocks? by that, too. I'm like, you mean to the rocks? Okay. 
I'm like, that could also explain why you don't hear the wind slash rumbling. Mm-hmm. To say I was nervous would be an understatement. Me too, Ted. Me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm filled nervous. with anxiety. <laughs> I didn't say anything to B, nor him to me. Back to drilling. <laughs> Back to drilling. <laughs> B took over the work, which was fine with me. I wasn't exactly worn out, but I didn't mind being further from the hole. He is just at all times ready to undercut B. He is ready to let him die first. It mm-hmm. seems like you do not care about B. I'm like, you guys have like weird relationship issues. Yeah. B would stop from time to time and listen. I just sat watching him with my light on. I wasn't close to the entrance to the hole, but I found myself looking behind me down the passage to the still water. Every time my light would cast an unusual shadow, my heart would jump. My imagination was running wild. Oddly, B seemed less concerned about the strange noise than me. I think he meant seemed less concerned than me about the strange noise, because it seems like he's less concerned about the noise than he is about... Yeah, Ted. Yeah. I'm like, why would he be concerned about Ted? (laughs) (laughs) After a short time, he seemed to be focused entirely on getting through the passage. I was still straining to listen above the sound of the drill. I heard nothing but the now familiar sound of carbide on stone. As I contemplated the possible scenarios which might play out on the other side of the passage, I found myself strangely getting somewhat excited again about going through. It might have been fatigue taking its toll on my mind, or the thought of something valuable on the other side. Oh my god, Ted. Ted, it sounds like it's just stupidity mm-hmm. emanating from your dumb man brain. Honestly. Like, what What do you think is the something valuable that's over there? Like, do you think someone sent a weird monster creature to protect some treasure? Is he going to be really good at manipulating the stock market or something? What are you going <laughs> to do with this monster? Because clearly god. it's not your friend. Yeah. Is he hoping that it's, like, a magical creature that could somehow transfer its magical powers to him? And then he would have powers? Like, what's the dealio here, Ted? Honestly. What's the end game? What's the goal? What's the intention? What are you trying to manifest? My thoughts were broken when B let out a yell. Possibly a cuss word. B. P. This is PG rated. He <laughs> <you> said cuss? <laughs> Dude, that's just so not like you. Wait, did you say the F word? Or did you say the S word? <gasps> he said, damn. The D word? <laughs> and you just said it out loud like that? I am telling on you. I'm telling Hades. He said the drill battery was dying, but he hadn't quite broken off a large relative in parentheses section he you was working on. You could have just on. said a relatively large section. Again, the way he says large relative is like he's... Like, fucking with B. He's like, well, it's large for you. (laughs) For the stuff that you're breaking off. Like, he's insecure about size. And I'm like, where does that come from? Are you tiny, Ted? Do you have a tiny little pee-pee? Tiny Ted! (laughs) (laughs) He set the useless drill aside and picked up a hammer and bullpen. He started wailing away at the hole created by the bit. After nearly ten solid minutes of hammering, he sat back against the rock, sweating and nearly out of breath. The bullpen was still protruding from the cave wall. He held the hammer toward me, inviting me to take a few swings. I held up my hand and shook my head. I had been ready to exit the cave for quite a while now. He didn't press the issue, and without speaking, we both started gathering the gear we were going to take out. Once again, we stashed some of the tools in the passage. I was first to start towards the top of the cave. Several times I had to stop and wait for B, 
Not because he was moving slow, I was just more than eager to get out. Few times have I felt better than that night, stepping out into the chilly night air. God, I mean, I I want them to not go back in the cave again. Like, I want them to just stop doing this because this is idiotic. But also, like, could you imagine if that story just ended here? He was just like... <laughs> and then we went home. I was just I a good dinner. <laughs> and we fucked. Skilly. Because I'm in love with Pete. That's how creepypasta stories are now. They yeah. just, like, end in, like, the middle. Yeah, true. Um. So now he has a note about this journal. This journal entry. My journal talks about the rest of the evening. Our dinner. Again, he always says that. Our decision to get a motel and come back the next day. Is it a decision if that's just your routine? Like, oh, we decided again to get a motel. What was your other option? I'm like, go home, I guess. But (laughs) still. Our lengthy discussion on the strange sounds we had heard. Another mediocre night's sleep. I cannot believe we were willing to get right back into the cave after hearing the scream. Part of the reason I went along with the idea was because B seemed so indifferent to any possible dangers. Even if it were an animal, which I did not believe, but could offer no better explanation, weren't we possibly putting ourselves in harm's way? Wow, who would have thought about that? (sighs) In retrospect, I still have difficulty understanding our thought process at that moment. We were just too eager to discover virgin cave passages. I now think it could be summed up with one word, testosterone jesus fucking christ i guess at least he's self-aware i guess at the end (laughs) i now think this could be summed up with one word balls (laughs) (laughs) put my whole ball sack into that so this is the next journal entry it says february 13th but we just did a quick skim to see if it went back in time or anything but it seems like he just meant march 13th right because the last one was february 10th and he said they didn't really enter it until they came back so march 10th right no the last one before the march oh one was february 10th right 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 right. yes it's amazing what a couple of good meals and a little sleep can do for someone's attitude even though we still had memories of the strange noise fresh in our minds, we relit our fire of enthusiasm. The other side of the passage seemed so close. We were sure this would be the day. We got to the cave and started to work our way down to the hole. Getting back into the darkness of the cave brought back the memories of the night before. The night before? Was the last day March 12th? Journal entry? Mm-mm. March 3rd. Okay, whatever. Yeah. The sight of the circle of rock illuminated by our headlamps, the smell of the dirt in the air, the sound we made as we crawl across the rock. Once we reached the entrance of Floyd's tomb, however, we were once again ready to blaze the trail leading to an undiscovered part of the cave. We immediately noted the presence of the breeze blowing out of the hole and the rumbling. The bullpen sticking out of its hole was an obvious sign of where we needed to begin our work for the day. B took over where he left off the day before. I took up residence in the same spot I occupied the night before, even though I was already well rested and wanting to start work. B was making the hammer sing with each blow. After a mere two or three minutes, he let out a cheer. He turned to reveal a handful of rock that used to be attached to the cave. He was breathing heavy, but he had a big smile on his face. So did I. <laughs> So did I, B. You're not the only one smiling. (laughs) Get your own thing. (laughs) For the time, the strange noise had been forgotten, and the vision of success captured our attention. So here we have the seventh picture, which says, click to see the size of the opening at this point. Mm. Again, not really sure how big that is. I mean, it's definitely a different shape. That's for sure. It 
just looks like the same hole from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But I believe he did. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Maybe he just got a little closer or a little further. I don't know. So the scale is weird. Again, would be nice if we had the glove for reference. Right. Ted. Maybe bring down like a ruler or something. Yeah. The lower left-hand corner of the hole had been giving us grief because of the thickness of the wall at that point. We felt that if we could just remove that corner, we might be on our way inside. B now held in his hand the crumbled remains of the corner. Our excitement consumed us as we examined the hole. I took the hammer and pounded away at the surface of the hole. The idea was to remove the jagged edges that would take their toll on my skin. The size looked right. Now the moment we had been working for. I cautiously approached the entrance of Floyd's tomb. I decided the best way to enter the small hole was to place one arm over my head, turn my head sideways, and slowly work my way in. I soon determined this was not going to work. The hole was small. If I was going to make it in without widening the hole anymore, I was going to have to put both arms over my head in a diving position, turn my head sideways, and slip into the tomb. I hate this so much. This is so scary. I'm like, it's just you're begging to get stuck. I'm like, just work more on widening it. Gotta hold your hand, Jude. I'm scared. (laughs) The width of the entrance was the limiting factor. Yes, clearly. That's what you just said. The height was sufficient. The arms overhead position flared my shoulder blades out but there was still room to get in. Plus, the arms overhead gave me the best squeeze side to side. I'm gonna vomit. (laughs) I hate this. I hate this so much. In order to enter straight into the hole, I stood on my feet and bent over to get level with the entrance. My knees were bent and the position was uncomfortable, sort of a semi-squatting position, bent at the waist with arms overhead. Plus, I had slightly turned my upper torso to the left in a counterclockwise rotation to negotiate the angle of the entrance. And then this is a note. Um, Notice in the last photo that the entrance generally slopes up to the right. I got my arms through the entrance with minor scrapes. Next came my head. By keeping it turned sideways, I was able to get it in, for the most part, up to my shoulders. When I got to my shoulders, I could feel the rocks touching all around my shoulders and chest. It was not stopping me, but I was definitely scraping many surfaces of my body. Again, that's not wide enough then. I don't like it. I decided to push through, keeping in mind that I was going to have to come back out eventually. The pain was not too bad, and I was in. Well, my upper body was in. At least I could get a good idea what the tomb was going to be like. So now we have um, image eight, which he says, here's a flattering photo of my best side. (laughs) Notice the size of the area we had to work in. The ledge overhead was an obstacle. I hate this picture. Yeah. Ted, stop it. Ted, get out. Once inside the tomb, I had a few inches all around me in which to position my body. This was the largest part of the passage, and it was conveniently located right at the beginning of the crawl. That gave me a little room to get positioned to crawl further into the passage. Inside the tomb gave me a whole new outlook of what was going, what it was going to be like to crawl through. Even though this was the largest part of the crawl, it was still small. I could move my head around freely, but every direction that I turned, I was staring at the wall of solid rock. When I spoke to B, my voice sounded muffled, like I was talking into a small box. I could rest my chest on the passage floor, but the rocks were uncomfortable. I turned my head to look further ahead, but I 
but couldn't see past the wall of rocks I had built the day before. Why didn't you take those out if you knew you were going to be crawling in? Honestly. The squeeze towards the end of the passage was closer now and appeared even more narrow. I didn't know if I could squeeze through or not. I knew it would be close. I wanted to crawl further into the passage. First, however, I had to work to get some of the loose rocks that were lying in the passage floor out of the way. I was disappointed to find out that most of the rocks that looked loose were actually attached to the floor. I was hoping to be able to just scrape them out of the way. I had pushed the sledgehammer into the passage before me, so at this point I used it to push the rock, in quotes, wall we had made further back into the passage. Then I dragged the sledge back and forth across the floor to move any loose rocks or break up the solid ones. By sliding the head of the hammer under the squeeze, I determined the narrowest part of the squeeze was about seven inches high. I figured we would have to do some work before I could slip through. The entire time I had my head in the passage, B was just kicking back, listening to my descriptions and progress reports. And this is a little note that he wrote later. At some point, he snapped the photos shown above. Thanks, B. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I feel, I have the instinct to, like, read it with malice. I know, me too. I was thinking that, too. Like, I was like, there's nothing that's happening, but I think it's, like, yeah. thanks, B. Thanks a lot. Like, he's just made weird, like, pointed remarks mm-hmm. about B before. I just feel like they have beef. They do. But he also wants to kiss him. Yeah. Anyways, those are my personal notes. <laughs> Back to the journal. <laughs> Up to this point, the size of the passage was not too big of a deal. I was in an incredibly small passage, but only my upper body was in. And since it was the largest part of the passage and my arms could move freely, I was pretty calm. Then it was time for a push. I slid the sledgehammer up as far as I could reach. Since my body filled the entrance, I could not slip the tool out, so it was easier to push it ahead. In order to rotate my hips to the proper angle to enter the hole, I had to lean my upper body on my forearms, use my feet to climb the wall outside the hole, and slowly, in quotes, crawl into the hole. My hips barely fit. That thing be thing in. <laughs> Sorry, that thing be thing in was my note, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> he did not wild. write. He created the thing be thing in. That would be insane. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> Once they... Once they cleared. (laughs) Jesus. Once they cleared the entrance, I could relax a bit and get in position to work through the squeeze. I decided to try the one arm forward technique to get through. The passage was so narrow that whatever position I started with, I would have to stay with through the entire length. There was just no room to move around or change positions. I hate it. I would also have to turn my head one way or another and keep it in the same position. This crawl was tight. Oh, the thought of not being able to move your head around? Ugh. Awful. Moving forward at this part of the passage was relatively easy. I could use my forward arm, my left arm, to pull and my other arm to push. At the same time, I would wiggle my body, trying to arch as much as I could to keep my chest off the rocks. I tried both ways and determined that I would turn my head to the right. It felt the most comfortable. That also makes sense, too, if your left arm is up. Like, I would want to not be, like, looking at my armpit. Yeah. To the right. I began to learn things as I went. (laughs) What are these things? The cave is teaching him math. (laughs) I determined that a... is a troll with trivia. (laughs) Well, at least he's getting some learning out of it. I love that He's getting a good education from this troll. I determined that a small flashlight in one hand would be nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would be. 
Then I could shine it ahead and get a better idea of what I was about to crawl over. This was a difficult maneuver because I had to look overhead since my head was turned. It became immediately obvious that we were going to have to do some more work removing rocks from the passage floor. As I moved along the surface, I was constantly scraping my chest across the rocks. They were sharp and it was painful. Occasionally, I would cause a rock to slide along under my chest and actually wedge me between it and the top of the passage. I hate that. <laughs> Awful. I would then have to back up and either try to move the rock to the side with my cheek. With your cheek? Oh, using a sweeping motion with my head. Or back out and move it with my forward hand. My little trip into the passage represented a major milestone in my caving career. Oh, love that career is in quotes. In quotes. Like, he can't even call it a career. Which yeah. Which I guess that's kind of good. Yeah. I don't know. Just, like, knock his ego down a peg. <laughs> when I began caving, I did not feel overly comfortable going through tight spaces. You shouldn't, because that's not normal. Mm -mm. Even the little squeeze at the beginning of this cave was an obstacle to overcome. By pushing myself and forcing myself to try narrow passages, I have become much calmer about tighter spaces. I hate this. Shouldn't be. Still, this passage represented a new benchmark in small spaces. I feel like this is weirdly body checking. <laughs> like, okay, you're skinny, I guess. Skinny like... legend Ted. <laughs> I had not been faced with anything this small. I don't remember having to take my helmet off before now. With this passage, it was mandatory. As I mentioned before, not only do I have to take off my helmet. You mentioned it in the last sentence, yeah. Ted. <laughs> but I have to turn my head to the side in order to fit. Okay. You've already said both those things. Yeah. The journey into the tomb went like this. Oh my god. I have a feeling this is going to be a repetition of information we already know. After I had twisted my hips into the passage, I took a few minutes to stop and work out a game plan. Most of the length of my legs was still outside the entrance. They were just dangling in the air. The tomb was still big enough to move my head around and even move my arms freely into position. It was larger than the rest of the passage, but not by much. It was like sticking your head into a box. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean to me? <laughs> At least I could take my head out of the box, right. Ted, and not have to freaking, you know, climb back out of a cave. Everywhere I looked, there were rocks. Not surprising, mm -hmm. you're in a cave. You were in a cave surrounded by rocks. <laughs> There's gonna be rocks. And not too far from my head. Any sound I made was muffled and, quote-unquote, dead. The narrowest part of the passage was about ten feet in. At this point, I was about three and a half feet in. At about the four-foot mark, I would have to commit to whatever position I felt comfortable and stay that way until the twelve-foot mark, at which time the cave started opening up. I went with my left arm forward and head turned to the right. B had given me a flashlight that I held in my left hand. As I inched forward, I would try to brush the loose rocks away from my left arm. This was somewhat successful, but there were a lot of rocks I missed or could not move. As I mentioned, the first little bit of the crawl moved along fairly quickly, since there was a little room above me to negotiate the passage. Then the walls started to close in around me. I had a few extra inches on each side of me, but the top of the crawl was getting very low. At about the seven-foot mark, I could feel the top rubbing my back as I would arch. After about half a foot, I couldn't arch anymore. I had to just push ahead with my toes and pull with my forward arm. Hate this. Hate yeah. it so much. 
I decided it would be a good time to see if I could back out. I tried and it was pretty easy. That gave me a lot more confidence. Still, I had B tie webbing to my feet just in case he had to pull me out. Smart at least. So this is the ninth image. It says last shot before my feet were all the way in. Note the webbing B tied at my request. That's not what I thought webbing would be. I hate this picture more than I've hated anything in my entire life. Mm -hmm. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate caves so much. I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the way it sounded, it sounded like you said gays. So caves. <laughs> I hate gays. I hate gays so much. Someone's going to isolate that and I'm going to get think, time canceled. I think I'm a flat earther. <laughs> <laughs> it's a niche joke for you internet people. What did she start singing after that? <laughs> the, um, oh, I forgot what she started singing. Are you riding? <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's a Drake song. That's right. My neck was starting to get sore from being cranked to the side. Mm -hmm. My head was getting heavy. But to rest it, the only option I had was to lay down on broken rocks. It was painful, but I did it frequently. I was staring at the wall to my right. It was a mere four to five inches from my face. Most of the time, I wasn't watching the wall. How? Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> see, Again, explain it. I'm interrupting Ted when he's explaining things. It's like, oh my god. He's like, let this me do bitch. what I need to do. Either I had my eyes closed, which I sometimes do when I go through a tight spot, or the light wasn't shining in a direction that did me any good. It was very quiet in the tomb. You hear that too? You gotta be quiet for this part. No more, no more rumblings. <laughs> Some of the snoring is getting louder. <laughs> it's like he's trying to block out our talking. It's like, stop talking. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. He's like, I'm dreaming. It was very quiet in the tomb, other than my own breath. I was breathing heavy from the effort it took me to move. Oh, okay, Jude, your snoring is actually okay. We'll just say that it's Ted's breathing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thankfully, the breeze was present and cooled me off. By lifting my head and carefully touching the ceiling from time to time, I could gauge the size of the passage that my body would soon pass through. Much like a cat using its whiskers to gauge an opening in a fence. Are you a furry? That's so specific. Are you a furry? <laughs> Ted. He is. Ted. He is. <laughs> Be honest. Maybe that's why him and B are having beef is because he tried to introduce like furry stuff into their sex and he's like, that's not what I'm into. Like, yeah. I'm not here for it. And B is afraid of animals. Yeah. Just like, like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I love this backstory we're inventing. <laughs> While lying in the darkness in a passage deep within a cave, one is in a unique position to ponder. Oh, God. A mountain literally resting on top of me, the entire earth lying below. One tiny movement of earth and I would cease to exist. Or worse, to recognize the fear shared by Floyd Collins as he laid there, trapped for days deep within the heart of Mother Earth incapable of freeing himself from his earthen prison. I don't know why I just imagined him like salivating while saying that he's like, just imagine how afraid Floyd was. <laughs> because he hates Floyd. He, he hates want Floyd. he wanted him dead. Yep. Picture yourself in my position. I really would rather not, but mm -hmm. I guess we're here. Lying on your stomach, your left arm is extended over your head. Your right arm is at your side, having only a few inches in which to move. Your arms and hands are sore and bleeding from crawling slash pulling yourself across broken rocks. Your entire body is resting on the rocks. Your neck gets tired of holding your head off the rocks, so you gently rest your cheek on a rock to rest. 
Once you start again, you have to push with your toes to scoot your body forward, sliding across the rocks. After moving a few inches, you are breathing hard and having to rest. As you inhale, you can feel your back pressing hard against the top of the squeeze. It takes several minutes before you recover enough to press forward. The entire time you're lying there, you think about how you're going to get back out. And what if? Ugh. Well, that's pretty much what I was going through at that point of the passage. I hate that, Ted. Mm -hmm. I hate that for you. And here's a, a little note that he added after. I decided that this would be a good time to throw in a photo of the quote-unquote squeeze. The photo was actually taken on a different trip, but it shows how tight things were at that point in the passage. Notice my head turned to the side, not by choice, we know. And you can see how I would rest my cheek on the rocks. You can also see how difficult it is to look ahead of me. My arms are pinned to my side. I later determined this would be the best position. There is virtually no space between the top of the passage and my back. Tight! Not for the claustrophobically inclined. Gross. Alright, so this is picture number 10. Mm -hmm. Ted is very scary looking. When I reached the point where my back was rubbing and I could feel with my head the passage was not getting bigger, I knew I was most likely not going to get through. Still, I decided to give it one more push. I bet that's what fucking Floyd Collins was thinking. Yeah. And then he got stuck. Think about Floyd, huh? God. He's like, I am. I always do. <laughs> He's like, man, I want to beat that fucking asshole in <laughs> his own game. <laughs> if I had been in this position a year ago, I would have been in a state of panic. But not today, because you're an idiot today. Yeah, honestly. I was pretty pumped. I took a few minutes to rest and then went for it. I exhaled completely all of the air in my lungs. This is literally what John Jones did. Mm -hmm. And this was written, what, seven years before John Jones died? Yep. This caused my chest to collapse enough to scoot forward a few inches. Because it takes so much effort to scoot, I only went a few inches before I had to stop and breathe. As I inhaled, my chest pressed hard against the floor and my back against the top. It took a little longer to get my breath back. Unbelievably, I did it again. Exhale, scoot, rest. Again, only a few inches. Repeat. Mm -mm. I took a few extra minutes to, quote unquote, enjoy this position. I don't like that. Hate that. That was so weird. Why did you say it like that? Honestly, Ted, you need to reel it in a little. Yeah, this is getting like weirdly overtly sexual. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> like it. Pinned in the small passage. Wow. I could not believe how relaxed I was. I tried one more time to exhale and scoot. My back was rubbing too much to continue. Despite the failed effort, I was psyched. I took several long minutes to lay there and recover from the effort. B had been encouraging me the entire time. It was fun to hear him cheer as he saw my shoes go deeper and deeper into the hole. I guess. B wants you dead. Yeah. He <laughs> is to you what you are to Floyd. He's like, yeah, He's like, get in that hole. Fuck Ted. Ted is being an ass to me Ted this is whole so time. mean. Backing out was not too difficult, but it did take some work. I encountered the same obstacles as I went in. After I wiggled my hips out of the hole, which took some time, I had trouble getting my shoulders out. Both arms were overhead at this point. My shirt was getting caught on the rocks and my shoulders were brushing the sharp rocks. After struggling to find a good position, I gave up and just pulled my upper body out. Scrape! He wrote it with like four A's, mm -hmm. all caps. My shirt pulled over my head. I had some nice scrapes on my shoulder, but I didn't care. To me, this trip was a success. 
I had pushed myself beyond what I thought was possible. I kneeled at the entrance and looked into the narrow passage I had just been in. The rock wall was now at the 11 foot mark. I had pushed it a little with my forward arm. The smallest point was at the nine foot mark. We were close. Between the work and the excitement, I was tired. I just sat on the rope bag, grinning. Whew, what a trip. So now we have picture number 11, which he says our progress on the whole. Oh, so we put all the pictures together. Oh, fun. That's helpful, Ted, honestly. Thank you. You've redeemed yourself for a little bit. For now. So, yeah, that has been quite some progress. You know, for three to five inch thick rock walls, you know, did a good job. Um, Another uh, couple quick notes from Ted here. Mm -hmm. The rest of the journal entry talks about the usual, our climb out, dinner, trip home, etc., On our way home, we brainstormed and came up with some ideas that would help us get through. We both invented some tools to remove the rock on the floor deep within the passage. We were both very excited by this trip. I, from pushing my limits in the cave, and B, from his success in climbing out of the cave. Seems like a dig at B. It does. I'm like, be nice to B. He successfully climbed out of the cave. Like, you haven't done this multiple times already. Right. Like, so belittling. Yeah. This was the first time he was able to climb all the way out without the help of climbing devices, nor my help. I'm oh sorry. Oh my god, Ted! <laughs> that is not... You cannot say that! <laughs> it was a personal success that showed the progress he had made since his accident. Pretty cool. I remain amazed that we could so easily forget about the terrifying moment we experienced just the day before. Again, I thought the other thing was, like, May 10th. So this is May 13th? Whatever. Maybe they're just, like, written on those days. Like, he's writing them later. So oh, I don't know. okay. Maybe. I don't know. All had been forgotten, with the strange noise being blamed in our minds on some rational, harmless explanation. So we were planning to do this all in one episode, but it is a lot longer than I thought it was. Yeah, it was taking forever. Um, I mean, obviously it's slow going here. You guys have all the cuts, but we are getting constantly interrupted. Constantly by rush hour, emergency services, mm-hmm. cats. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Exactly. So I think we're going to wrap up and yeah. we're going to finish. I think we're about halfway through the story. Um, this story stressing me out. My entire body is like tense. Yeah. Even though it's slow going, it is a good suspense slow going. It's, it's a not slow boring. burn. Yeah. I am. It's very ominous. Yeah. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this first reading. Ted, yes. I know you copyrighted it, but we're just reacting to it and reading yeah. it. So. Fair use. Look it up. Calm down. Maybe Look he's it up, dead. Sweaty. <laughs> it has been 20 years. That's true. Did um, he die in 9-11? We don't know. <laughs> Could happen. Could happen. After we're done reading the story, we'll look up the author and see. Yes. Um, yeah. So come back next week for part two. Yeah. See you then. Bye, guys. Bye. The Podcast Rejects is a Gamer Frauds Network production. Find us on Instagram at The Podcast Rejects. For early access to all Gamer Frauds Network content and a ton of exclusive perks, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamerfrauds.